shame uh, loves the darkness, and uh, and so what breaks shame is part of it is the exposing it to the light, but what kind of light? What, you know, what would that look like? A community of people who you know who are not hiding, who are real, who are vulnerable. That that's light, you know, and and so you expose dark, you expose your shame to the light, and it flees. It, that's that's what you know. That's where that's where you, that's where shame runs away. Shame is a feeling everyone knows. As one Rwandan author wrote, if you are proud for bad reasons, shame waits around the corner. Bookstores are filled with secular books about how to escape shame and avoid low self-esteem, but how does the Bible tell us to find healing? If shame is born out of something deep in our hearts, then we will need God to find freedom from it. As we begin the journey of healing from what causes shame, we need daily reminders of God's love for us. Our 86 Seconds video devotionals offer quick encouragements from Gary Wilkerson that are an excellent way to pause during your day and remember God's promises. You can learn more and sign up at worldchallenge.org. Each week, 86 Seconds devotionals and this podcast reach thousands of listeners with biblical encouragement and thoughtful commentary. This critical work is made possible by the generous contributions of individuals like you who believe in World Challenge's mission. Thank you for listening and supporting. Now, here's our host, Bob Dimmer. Well, Gary, we're talking today about a topic that everybody deals with, I guess, at one time or another, and that's shame. I was intrigued when you sent me your notes on, on this topic. And that was when you said shame, the opposite of shame, is pride. Mm which that kind of lit a light bulb, although I think you and I were heading in a different direction. But okay. tell me what you're thinking in yeah, that one. Yeah, the, it sounds terrible. Um, like, oh, Gary, you're in heresy now because pride comes before a fall and uh, Satan fell because of pride. So, I, But I think there's two types of pride. Um, the one is the arrogant self-sufficiency, don't need God, I can do this myself, I'm perfect. Um, so you can see using those words and shame how they are they don't. They don't uh, cohabitate. You know, it's like if if I'm thinking, I'm the cat's meow, and I do everything perfectly, and I don't need any help, and I'm, you're probably not wrestling with shame. You're probably wrestling with arrogance, mm-hmm. um, a, a godless self-sufficiency. <clears throat> but if you're wrestling with with pride, with with shame. So I started thinking of okay, what are the antonyms of of of, of shame? Confidence mm-hmm. probably might be a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, peace. Um, Fearless. Uh, there, there's several words you could use, but but in a sense, if shame is, I'm I'm worthless. I'm no good. I can't do anything right. Then pride is, I'm worth something. Uh, there's value that God's placed in me, and I can do things uh, through Christ. There's there's this this sense of again of peace and of confidence. Pride. The pride I'm talking about is 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 a is a pride like the kind of pride that I might have in my children. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really proud of them. They 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 did good. Uh, so you got a 92. I'm so proud of you. Not I shame you. It's 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 that that's the type of pride that, and we feel like it's comfortable. We're comfortable having that for others. Uh, I'm really proud of these guys and how hard they work at making this podcast. And you, Bob, I'm I'm proud of how you make that. But but then I would say, well, I'm proud of you guys, but I can't be proud of myself. Yeah. That would be arrogance. That would that would all of a sudden I'd come before a fall. So, so I think we have to be re, you know this is kind of razor sharp uh, <laughs> an edge here. Like you can go really in the wrong direction with this, and and go, go fall into sin. Yeah. Uh, some of the most grievous sin of all is is, is pride. Um, but but we can also um, feel like to bless the whole world and bless others and believe in others and think highly of others and esteem others. 
And then when it comes to ourselves, we have to sort of uh, like put a, a heel of our shoe on our top of ourselves and crush ourselves and make sure we're that perpetual worm. And, uh, and that just leads towards self-hatred, which then when the voice of shame comes, that's, how, that's why it's so easy to agree with, with. You have no sense of self, self-concept of God has done something good in me. And so years ago, there was a song, I think it was maybe by The Vineyard, um, uh, that God, you do all things well, just look at my life. And I remember the first time our worship pastor sang that song, I stopped. I was like, I'm not singing that. And I thought, well, why not? You know, it's like, are we, are, do we not believe? We only believe in the testimony of the work he does in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to us, we, we no longer feel like it's, we're comfortable believing that. So when I use the word pride, I'm talking about <clears throat> confidence in the work that God has done in your life and being grateful and thankful for it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be a Christian who has been touched by God. And it has nothing to do with my own abilities or my own uh, competencies. It has to do with being grateful for what he's done in me so that when the voice of the enemy comes in, there's there's a strength in me. A godly pride, a godly confidence is, is a strength that can keep those voices. If, you know, if you're weak and that the arrow comes, it's going to hit you. If there's a strength in you, a godly strength, I think that gives you a, a, a greater power to overcome. But what do you, th- what do you, what do you think about that? Like just, well, when just, you first heard it, did you feel like, uh, well, it, I, I, I want to find it, out what he's trying to talk about here? Or? No, I thought you were really onto something. Oh, did you? I oh, did. Okay. And, I, okay. and, and I, I was looking at it slightly differently because as I thought of my, my own shame, I, what would keep me from telling other people would be my pride. Yeah. You know, I, 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 that, yeah. I know God forgave me. But I don't want others to know because of how highly I think of myself. I want others to think that way of myself as well. And so that pride really is, as Mm -hmm. it is in many things, it becomes kind of the source of why the shame has such an impact on us, at least the way I thought of it. Yeah, I like that. So the the negative pride keeps you from from being vulnerable or open. And that is what shame – that's where shame uh, gets rooted. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shame shame, – loves the darkness and when it's exposed to the light. So when I confess, you know, when you confess something, when you are open about things, when, uh, and, and that's the opposite of that, that community group I was talking about, that mm-hmm. small group that everybody's got this shame, uh, uh, fig leaf and covering over them, even if they don't seem like it because of their boisterousness. Uh, the, 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 the opposite of that could, you know, what would that look like, a community of people who, you know, who are not hiding, who are real, who are vulnerable, mm-hmm. That that's light, you know, and and so you expose dark, you expose your shame to the light, mm-hmm. and it flees. It that's that's what you know. That's where that's where you, that's where shame runs away. In, in fact, Benet Brown, I read one that she said about that very same thing. She said, uh, if we can share our story with someone who responds with empathy and understanding, shame can't survive. Mm. It is the vulnerability, but I don't want to be vulnerable because it affects my pride. Right. It makes me look and, negative. And sometimes. People around you don't like your vulnerability. It makes them uncomfortable mm. because of their their, their uh, refusal to face their own yeah. uh, shame and be vulnerable. So a lot of times when I'm preaching, I'll use an, uh, an example of saying, uh, I said it in a sermon recently, um, when I'm done with the sermon, I'm going to be attacked, as mm. I am almost almost every sermon, 9 out of 10. At the end of it, I say, I, I, I'm walking down from the stage, just finished preaching, I close my Bible, and I start feeling like that wasn't good enough. I, w- mm. I should have preached a little better. I shouldn't have said that. Mm. And that's the attack. And, uh, and, and if I ever say that, I always have, always have somebody come up to me and saying, like, 
you know, oh, I just want to rebuke that in Jesus' name. It's like, you, you know, you don't belong in that. I said, like, no, it's, it's, I'm just exposing that as a reality. Uh, and that's, what is, that's part of my healing, not denying yeah. it and stuff. But I could, I could see in the person they're very uncomfortable with a leader being vulnerable. And, and that's a whole other topic, sort of corporate, cultural yeah, shame. I, I think Satan knows how to uh, attack you to what will do the most most damage. Yeah. Uh, you give your story if you walk off the pulpit and you said, I didn't do that well. Was it Wesley or Moody that said, I walked off the, the pulpit and one of the parishioners said, that was a great sermon. He said, yeah, Satan already told me that because it affected his oh, pride. Oh, it's the opposite. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so Satan knows how to get to what, what influences you the most. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, so let's talk about how to get rid of it. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got some ideas on the demise of shame. Uh, mm-hmm. What should a person do if they're listening and saying, boy, I'm dealing with that now. It's affecting right. me. It's affecting my walk with God. It's affecting how I relate with others. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Yeah. Uh, the first thing I would do is, uh, thankfully, is if they're asking that question, that might be the first door that opens up to healing. And that is to realize it's, it, it's there. It's in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then how it works. So one of the things I advise people to do is to get a little notebook um, and just um, as as soon as they get a little thought, just write it down. Just saying, okay, I just heard, I just heard this voice saying, like, um, I'm 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 going to fail at that test today. I'm taking, uh, or I just heard that voice saying, like, you're so stupid. You just told your friend that, and that was bad advice. So you're so stupid. And just just write that down at the end of the day. Take a look at that and do that for a week or so, and you'll see how this this is no small thing. Mm-hmm. This is this is not something uh, a, a trifling a little. Sidebar to our to our walk with God and our our emotional and mental health. Uh, this is deeply rooted. It's 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 probably as I said earlier. It's it's the core of facing all the other issues of our life. And so realizing what it is and what it looks like for you because it's attacked uh, in different ways. Where it comes. So we're talking about mine comes through the sermon or it comes through uh, you know other things. So mm-hmm. find out where 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 it comes from. And then secondly is to realize how it's affected your relationship with God. Uh, so you have that sense of, tr- of trust. Uh, how can I pray about this when I, if I feel my prayer is unworthy? So, so okay, it's, it's affecting God. So I, I feel like there's some shame and embarrassment, and, and yet I feel ashamed in, my, in the presence of God. So I'm hiding with God. I'm hiding with Adam and Eve are hiding. I'm hiding with God. And so the first one, you're taking some notes of how I'm hiding with other people. And then all of a sudden you're, bring, you're presenting this to God, and, and in, in God you're saying, uh, okay, I, I come to you, and you say there's healing available, but I'm so ashamed to come to you. I'm so afraid to come to you. Do you, do you accept me? Do you love me? And, and so I, I, I would call the second one a, like a fearless uh, confrontation is probably not the right word, but mm-hmm. a, a confronting yourself and what's in you in the presence of God, just throwing it into his presence, throwing it into his lap. This is how I feel. I feel worthless. I feel hopeless. I feel despair uh, and, and bringing that to, to his attention. Um, thirdly, then, is, is um, as we've kind of already been talking about this, that uh, um, shame is relational. It's not an isolated. If, if you were, I don't know if I have any scientific data on this, but I think if you were to you know, grow up on a desert island and alone, you probably wouldn't have much shame because you wouldn't have voices telling you. So, so again, no one to impress, right? Yeah, no <laughs> one to impress and no one to shame you. Yeah. So you start believing the things they're saying about you. Yeah. And so, you know, shame has history. Um, you know, when you when you feel ashamed now about something, um, you know, so so okay, I walked out off the pulpit and. And I start hearing this voice, you're not good enough. You know, there's probably a history to that, you know, of, of other things where I have not felt good about myself. And so, uh, you know, there, there's that sense. And so, so taking that, 
so shame be, is, is birthed relationally, so therefore it's not healed in isolation. And, and um, the pride you were talking about, <clears throat> the pride is, 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 a, is a crippler of the healing of shame because we say to ourselves, I, I can deal with this myself. Okay, uh, oh, I listened to this podcast or I read this book. And now, I, now, I, now I understand shame, and I'm going to I'm going to study it a little bit more, and I might look at coordinates and read all the scriptures about shame, and then I'm going to go to the Lord, and I'm going to tell Him I'm sorry that I allowed shame in there, and, and heal me, and forgive me, and cleanse me, and okay, good, shame's gone. Doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds terrible to say, like I'm not, and I'm not, please don't hear me saying God doesn't work or the Bible doesn't work, <clears throat> but it works by obedience, and part of um, bringing healing to shame is bringing it to light. Mm-hmm. And, and so to have somebody in your life that you talk to, and, and, and you'll, you'll hate this. So there's so many men who are, uh, and, I, and I can't remember, the, I think we talked about it once before, maybe you remember the statistics of, of how many men are wrestling with pornography. Yeah, it was addiction. high. It was high, like 60% yeah. maybe or something like that. So, so you got, and even in the churches, six out of 10 men are wrestling with pornography. They are ashamed. Mm. They're, they're ashamed of that sin and they're trying to get out of it and then they're ashamed they can't get out of it mm-hmm. then they're ashamed they've repented and they can't get out of it and then they're ashamed that they had an accountability partner thinking that exposing it to the light would be enough uh, but that but the accountability partner wasn't enough because all they were dealing with was did you look at something today mm-hmm. not how do you feel about that what's in your heart and so 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 it's just so it, it, it started in relational problem uh, and it and it and it has to be healed through that. So that's why James says, uh, "Confess your faults to one another, that you might be healed." Mm. Not go into your secret closet and pray that you might be healed. <laughs> you, know, you go in your secret closet and, and ask the Lord uh, for request. But one of the things, so you go to the Lord and say, "Like I have shame. Can you help me deal with this?" Yes. Go confess it to somebody. Go, uh, not just the sin, uh, but also the. The, the thing that's, that's driving that sin, this, this shame oftentimes drives the sin. So, so uh, again, there's, there's a difference between a man who conness, confesses to an accountability partner, I'm dealing with pornography, and, and they just try to kind of cut off the sin at the, at, the, at the fruit and not the root of saying, okay, well, why? What's happening in your heart? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, what's, what's happening in your emotions? What, what do you feel about yourself? And so if our Christian communities could go a little bit deeper and have some <clears throat> some faithful men and women. And my advocation, I don't want to change subjects here, but but I advocate for true elders in the church of, of and, and I mean men and women, and I don't mean the official role of board of directors type mm-hmm. thing, but somebody who's a little bit ahead of you and mature and is digging deep. And so if, Bob, if you were to come to me or some of these younger guys here would come to, to us and say, <clears throat> you know, I'm dealing with this particular sin, but I also feel like there's some shame underneath it that we wouldn't go like, oh, you, uh, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. <laughs> Run. Yeah, right, yeah. But, but we'd actually be able to listen to them yeah. and talk and ask about 25 questions and spend two hours with them and say, we're not leaving until we understand what's going on in your heart. And, okay, we need to meet next week. And, and, and that person feels heard. And, uh, and so what breaks shame is part of it is the exposing it to the light, but what kind of light? Um, so if... if uh, if uh, if it's light that's hid under a bushel, of, of the person you're talking to has their own shame. And, oh, your pornography! How dare you! I rebuke you in Jesus' name. What's that going to do? It's going to cause more shame. Yeah. And so, going to a person who uh, has has dealt with the issues themselves. Um, and so, I, I 
you know, I still struggle with a lot of things, but I honestly could say if somebody could come to me with sin and shame and need of healing, they're going to have somebody who's really dealt with it themselves. I've dug into this. I've prayed. I've, I've met with my brothers in Christ. I've, I share everything with my wife. There's, there's, I, I can't think of a sin in my life that my wife doesn't know about. Mm. You know, so there's not going to be an article in Charisma magazine about <clears throat> something I've done wrong, and my wife's going to go like, oh, I can't believe you did that. You know, she's going to go like, oh, they found out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know and I'm not doing anything that's yeah. going to merit yeah. uh, an article in Charisma. Yeah. Uh, but but I'm doing things. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm lying. I'm I'm lusting. Mm. I'm uh, I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm I'm uh, I'm doubtful. Um, you know, and. Uh, but people around me know that, and and so it builds that. And then I would say also then <clears throat> the, the last thing then would be to try to build through healthy elders who have dealt with issues themselves and dug deep into the heart, into the emotions, into their relationship with God. And now they are creating healthy communities uh, so, because so many churches and Christian ministries are not healthy. They, the people feel very uncomfortable uh, sharing things of brokenness and woundedness and shame in their own heart. And so they come into church, how are you doing? I'm fine, everything's good. Meet in a small group, and it was like, here's my testimony, what God did for me. Or if there's a prayer request, it's usually <clears throat> secondhand, uh, pray for my uncle, he has cancer. It's, it's, you know, it's not, <clears throat> we're not dealing with the, our own brokenness very well. And so that's because there's a lot of fear of being shamed, mm -hmm. uh, of being the topic of, you, know, uh, you talk to the pastor and yeah. you're the topic of their sermon next week yeah. you know, in yeah. an accusational way. There's judgment. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> you, you see this in, um, in Luke where the, Jesus heals the blind man in, in the synagogue <clears throat> and the Pharisees. That's, that, that's a shame, toxic culture. The Pharisees come to him and say, who did this to you? Uh, you know, you're a sinner. Shame. Mm -hmm. uh, this shouldn't have been done. Then, they, then that's not enough. They have to go to his parents and try to draw his parents into like, now you know this guy's a sinner, right? And you know, and tell us, tell us he wasn't blind. And so they're, uh, you know, they're creating a whole culture of, of judgmentalism, of fear, of being kicked out. You don't belong. Uh, instead of, uh, instead of breaking the power of shame, they're increasing the power of shame. And, and uh, sadly, uh, a lot of our churches and Christian organizations actually uh, build a culture where shame. Uh, become cyclical and, and uh, uh, you know, a storm, yeah. a shame storm, as some people call it, uh, where things get worse because you have to hide now mm -hmm. or if you expose your heart to things. Like uh, I had a friend who confessed to his pastor. He was he was a associate pastor, and he confessed that he had, he, had, uh, he had failed and looked at some pornography that week. He'd really overcome it but just slipped up, and mm -hmm. the pastor fired him. Mm -hmm. uh, no severance, <clears throat> took a severance pay, just cut them off, you know, his, his children and stuff. And, you know, so that, that's just going to, that's going to cause, not sin, he needs to deal with it. But the shame of that is, you know, is, is that guy going to be more likely to look for help uh, or probably, probably not. And so, so we, we need cultures of, of openness, of vulnerability, of, of acceptance, of, uh, uh, of, of, of being honest about sin and calling sin, sin and not excusing it. Uh, not building a theology where sin is not sin anymore, yeah. uh, but 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 dealing with it through the lens of of, of grace yeah. and uh, understanding. I'm sure, there are a lot of people for the reasons you've just described are uh, uneasy about going to their pastor, going to their church, going to someone in their church about the issues, the shame they're dealing with. 
We have a prayer ministry here at World mm-hmm. Challenge. Uh, is that someplace you would recommend people call asking for prayer and help Absolutely. with this? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, because sometimes just, a li- number one, just somebody who listens to you without without accusing you, without being judgmental, without giving you a list of to-dos. Uh, you know what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so you're so you're struggling with anxiety. Um, you know, do this and do that, mm-hmm. and here's why you're doing it wrong. You know, and just without all that. You know, but just listening and then praying. That's that's what our, our team is is. Is called to. The website is pray.worldchallenge.org, and uh, you can put your prayer request in there and also take some prayer requests if you like. We should talk about that on some program. Okay. You'll also find a phone number there where you'll get right to our, our uh, prayer warriors that we have here at World Challenge that could talk directly to you if that's what you'd like to do. Okay. We'll have that information in the show notes, and also you'll see it on yeah. the screen here if you'd like to contact them. Yeah, and, and I would go so far as to say, I don't, hope you guys are okay with this, um, Normally, you know, time-wise, I'm not able to do this, but on this particular podcast and this issue of shame, if you're dealing with this and if you'll uh, email, email, is that the best way to get a hold of us? If I wanted to read something, if they could email us at World Challenge, sure. uh, then uh, I will read their email uh, and, and and minister to them. I'll, I'll talk with them through email one-on-one and, and uh, just speak to them about the issues of shame and uh, the results of that, what's happening in their heart and their life, and I, I mean, I, I can't do that over a extended period, but a, a, sort of one-time uh, sure. offer of that. So we'll yeah, put so that uh, email address on the screen as well and in our show notes so that they can okay. know where to write. And uh, that's awfully generous of you to offer that to the to the listeners and viewers. Uh, it's it's important, and mm-hmm. it's uh, and it is an area that's that's sort of hard to hard, hard to <clears throat> deal with again because it's so. You know, it's a it's a commodity that's sort of unknown and unspoken of a lot of times in the church, and so yeah. I, th- I think you know now that now that it's brought to the light, this could be you don't want to just tuck it away. It's like go go for it now. You know, mm-hmm. if, if if you're dealing with this and you feel it and you're getting this critical voice of accusation, then then now's now's the time. The Holy Spirit um, n- you know never introduces a topic to us without it being the right time because He's ready to ready to minister to mm-hmm. in that in that realm, and so I think He's ready to bring healing. To people, and the result of that will be. Lastly, the good news is, what happens in your life once that shame is gone, is this we called it pride. Maybe you want to call it confidence. A, go- a godly pride in the goodness of God in your life uh, it comes a, fr- a freedom to be who you are. Mm-hmm. So Adam and Eve hid. Now the the hiding is gone, and I am I am creative again in in the way. Uh, and I don't mean just artistically. You know, <clears throat> creativity could be a mathematician. You know, it could be an accountant, uh, but but being free to actually enjoy that uh, the, the the work of your hands, uh, to enjoy the relationships that you have, to enjoy where you are in life without it being fretting of not being enough. I don't have enough money. My house is not big enough. My car is not uh, new enough. <clears throat> All that is shame based. Mm-hmm. And so, can you picture? Can you imagine the freedom of with that shame being gone? How much? You wake up in the morning, you're just like, mm-hmm. I'm grateful just I'm, I'm breathing again this morning. And I have my wife is next to me and I have kids and grandkids and, and I have a, a job that pays me some money. And I'm just so thankful and grateful. And now I want to just move into the world with a sense of confidence that, that uh, I'm not just hiding and cowering and afraid of the world. Now I'm moving into the world and tending the garden of the world, mm-hmm. uh, cultivating it. Uh, and that was the, the, the mission that they actually had that they hid from. Uh, was was and then then lastly enjoying God's presence as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, God is not an ogre. Uh, he's not a monster. He's not a, a wicked uh, stepfather. He's somebody to really to be enjoyed and to love His presence, <clears throat> to love to walk with Him in the cool of the garden, and then also to realize that He feels that same way about us. 
and that's that's the real the <clears throat> there's the the nail in the coffin of shame is when you have God come to you and just re, you realize how much He's enjoying you, and you believe His words about you when He says you well done good and faithful servant, you don't go like, oh, I didn't really do very well. I'm so sorry. No, you go like, thank you. That's, I can't believe you're saying that, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll, mm-hmm. I, like, I like compliments, you know, and mm-hmm. to be able to, 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 to do that. Uh, and then, then it makes um, our faith attractive. Uh, so, Gary, I guess a good way to close this is with a word of Scripture that may mm-hmm. speak to this topic that we've been discussing here today. Yeah. Uh, you've got one from Romans. I yeah, understand. I think that's probably... The hardest hitting, it's, it's like uh, a punch in the face to shame. And it's uh, Romans 5, uh, 1 through 5. You can read the whole thing, but the, the crux of it is hope does not put to shame. So it sounds like, you know, the anecdote to shame is, is hope. So you're hoping for something. And, and, and then it says because. Okay, so now you got to pay attention. Hope doesn't put to shame because. There's a reason why hope keeps you from living in shame. And it's so, so precious just because God's love has been poured out in our heart. And so if we can receive that love of God, so, so if you work backwards, God's poured out his love in my heart, therefore I have hope, and that hope puts shame to flight. And so it reverses it. But if you're living in shame, you don't have hope. And if you don't have hope, when God says he loves you, then you can't receive it. And so, so, so start, start each day from the, from the center of I am, I am loved by God, I am accepted by God. He doesn't look at me and say, you got a 92, uh, you missed 8%. He looks at you and says, 100% of me loves 100% of you. There's no part of you. Uh, some of it I'm fixing, some of it I'm changing, some of it I'm transforming, some of it I call to repentance, but I love all of you. I, I don't love you just when you're performing well. I don't love you when you're perfect. And shame so much, you know, you can always put perfection in there with shame. And and this is an antidote to that, is that I'm loved just as I am, even when I'm not perfect. Uh, and therefore, hope puts shame to flight. As we are on this journey of healing and freedom from shame, we need people who point us toward God and pray for us. God calls us to live as a body in active connection with one another and constantly aware of each other's needs. If you would like prayer, please call us and we would love to pray for you. World Challenge is incredibly thankful for the support we receive from many people around the world who believe in our mission. We are able to continue creating resources like this podcast because of donations from listeners like you. The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge, sound design for this episode by Mike Hallsmith. This episode was written by Rachel Schimitz. Our producer is Chris Wigington with video production by Aaron Gale. We hope you tune in next week to the Gary Wilkerson podcast for more encouragement in your Christian walk. Until then, do all you can to live a better life and make a better world through Jesus Christ.